0: Don't, do <laughs>
1: Welcome back to John and Lance in the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Oh, you think they can talk Texans football? Well, they obviously need the assistance of ESPN Texans reporter DJ Enemy. Brought to you by Houston Powder Coaters and Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Two of my favorites, Houston Powder Coaters and the Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And they're bringing you DJ Biennium every week right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Actually, throughout the station. He is going to be uh, giving us Texans, Texans information. DJ, welcome to our show. We appreciate you being here. Uh, looking forward to a nice season this year.
0: Absolutely. This is probably the best, um, you know, walking song I've gotten on any show ever. It's not even those close. Jamming. Not even close.
2: It's not even close <laughs> to get Zapp. That was Zap, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah Roger. No, that was special. Featuring Roger, Featuring. the old... 80s bounce, so, uh, and funk, so, speaking of the funk, it was a little funky yesterday uh, with the first start on the offensive line. You know, people are going to focus on C.J. Stroud. I'm going to focus, D.J., on the offensive line not being where it needs to be, which everyone already knew that. I wonder, did you did the Texas talk at all about, was this the game plan for him to get, for C.J. to get two, uh, for him to get two series, or did they change anything based on issues with protection?
0: Nah, I think they're all, he was always to yeah, a couple of series. I mean, the broadcast even said initially he was only going to get one, but they had to it to so pick on that first one. But I think it was always to make it quick. You just kind of wanted to see a clean operation, but I mean, even through CJ's struggles, I wrote about it yesterday, that one of the reasons for the struggles was the fact that he was pressured on 60% of his dropbacks. Now, granted, some of the pressure was self-induced. Like, you know, on the first throw to Nico, you know, right, like, where he kind of held the ball a little bit longer than he would like, um, but even you know, outside of even on the sack, right before he even left the puck was dropped, he had somebody in safe on route two stacking him. So yeah, the offensive line was, was bad, and I think that was a indicator of that why the Texans spent the money that they spent to secure the offensive line in Larry Council, in Tyler Tower, in Shaq, in trading building the Juice Scrubs, and hoping that Keion Green can. Been accepting you too because you know we all know you know CJ isn't necessarily the most athletic guy in the pocket, so you're going to need to give him a clean offensive of line, especially in that first year as he's transitioning from when he had Ohio State, um, from the protection to the skill players to the NFL, where he's just not going to have that same level of comfort that he had in college. So, um, I think you're right, the biggest takeaway wasn't necessarily CJ's interception, was the fact that the offensive of line was getting beat like a drum.
1: Yeah, well, it, it is the Patriots, and it is that makeshift offensive line. I didn't, obviously, guys not playing, guys hurt, all of that stuff uh, going on. ESPN all morning, right now, as a matter of fact. Did we learn, What did we learn from CJ Stroud's first preseason game? And they've got his stats up there, and they continue to show the interception. We didn't learn anything, okay? It, 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 what did well, D'Amico had to say? It's no big. It's it's no big deal, right? Can we stop on this stuff? Let's talk about the. Let's talk about the defense. Did we learn anything about the defense last night, DJ?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. We learned that the defense is already starting to show some of the signs that you want to see from a Nico lyons led defense. Now, granted, it's preseason. I don't know, last year, Lovey Smith's defense looked pretty good. It was all it looked like in the season. But I think the number one thing that stood out to me is, and what transfers no matter what, is the fact that they were able to stop the run with consistency all oh, last night. They had seven tackles for loss. I'm um, obviously only allowed nine first downs. at any time they, they, the Patriots tried to run the ball, it was tough slay. And I think that was probably the most encouraging time. Because, again, remember last year, the Texans, you know, anybody could run, run for over 100 yards against them. And they allowed the six most rushing yards ever in NFL history for a single season. And you kind of saw that ferocity, that control of the line of scrimmage. And you just didn't see much last year, even in preseason, even, and obviously during the regular season. So I think that's probably – the most positive sign, because we know their back end is going to be just fine, right? You got Derek Stingley, you got Daniel Cozier war. you got Stephen Nelson, you their D'Erick King, you got Tyree Thompson, it's nickel. We know the back end is going to be fine. They had more interceptions and allowed touchdowns through the air last year, but we but we know the biggest concern is always going to be that run defense. And as I said, they were able to control the line of scrimmage consistently, get some CFLs, and not allow many big games. That's probably the most encouraging time to come out of preseason from a defensive standpoint.
2: Yeah, this is for me. How that front seven plays is I'm really curious to see how the front seven ends up playing. How they get off after the quarterback? Because, man, if your front seven's good, it's going to have a big impact on how bad the running game was. If you can stop the running game, I mean, how bad you know the run defense was. If you can stop the run, the running games of other teams, it gives you a chance to uh, you know not allow them to control tempo of games. You can rush the passer. It helps on the back end. I think this front seven, you know, for all the things that we're going to focus on, Stingley and all that, and rightfully so, but getting, but having a front seven that is not only functional, but maybe improved beyond our expectations against the run and as a rush unit, man, that can have such a big impact on how quickly a team can build into a competitive, competitive team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, based on last night with the pass rush, that was – popping up from time to time. Even, you know, when he threw that pick, the Patriots, I don't even think they got a first down um, after that. They, you know, it was a third down, and they're going to the and got that sack, And you had Will Anderson screwing off the edge. And one thing I noticed was, like, there was three coverage on the back end. And if that pass rush can continue to fall up on your point, he can sit on a lot of routes, right? Because it's like, all right, I know like, my pass rush can get there. I know the ball has to come off fast. So when I'm on and hit the receiver's pocket, I don't necessarily have. I can just sit on what if he's gonna break inside, he's gonna break outside. So I can sit a little bit I know they try to go deep. One, they are a pretty good athlete, but they try to go deep. It's gonna be a rough throw, so I can kind of almost undercut it and set that they go toeing the deep. But since it's coming out, if it's coming out hot on an outbreaking route or in breaking route, I can sit and then you know turn my eyes to the ball and be able to make plays that way too. So I think um, to follow up on your point, the passer should. Could be a lot better than we expect. Again, we're Anderson. We know what he brings. Sheldon Rankin, he's obviously a pretty good defensive tackle, pass rusher. Um, and then, you know, um, what's, it, what's it called? You had John right. Gennard, who is really good, right? Um, you know, he had eight sacks in 2021 20, in 12 games. He actually dealt with some injuries. Obviously, he never looked the same out there. he's heard his cap. And you got Jerry Hughes, who had nine and a half sacks. And he's using a rotational piece at the eight thirty four thirty five. 34 35. He's keeping fresh. You can refresh down the stretch of the season and in games where you really need to get at the cashier. And you can get a little you, know, you get a little creative, right? You can have him coming off the edge with Will Harrison, And then you can take Millie Collins off the field, put Bernard in the three tech or the nose, and now you have, you know, uh, Sheldon obviously in the interior. Now you have four legitimate like pass rushers that can get after the quarterback that can win one on one. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think pressure is going to be a lot better than people realize. So I, I think the baseline for his defense in 2023 is a top-16 unit from a yard standpoint, from a DVO standpoint, from a points-per-game standpoint. I think the baseline is top-16. Top
1: Interesting. DJ, DJ bien May with us here on ESPN 97.5 and two five, Brought to you by Houston Powder Coaters and by the Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Henry Totoa had a had a nice game. He's all over the field. Him f- Had five tackles last night. Where is he? Is are we going to see him in regular season games this year?
0: I believe so. I think you know he he's been rotating with the ones at practice. Some days he goes with the ones. sometimes he goes with twos. this sometimes he goes with the ones in between um, team periods. So it says team period one, you might not see Henry, but then team period two, you might see Henry with the ones. So I absolutely think we'll see a, a decent amount of Henry Tolentori this year. Because again, I think the, the the main five is obviously Christian Harris, is a Perryman. Um, Blake Cashman, Terry Toto and Christian Kirksey. So I think this will be the main five this year, and I fully expect Terry Toto to play. Because again, like if 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 he's even if it's even with the you know with Henry and let's say let's go play Cashman or Christian Kirksey, it makes more sense to go with the younger guy. and more cost effective. He's cheaper. You have him under control for the next three years after this season. So it just makes total sense to if it's even, which. There's been times when you see the town flash, you just roll with the younger guy, you know. So I think we we're gonna see a decent amount of Henry to Toe. Now i might think you know, he's gonna be like the starting linebacker in the year of the year if you want to tell him. Nah. But you don't necessarily need that. You just need um him to give given a role, execute that role, and then as he continues to um master that role, you put more on his plate for his rookie season.
2: DJ do you get a sense of who the leaders may be, not, not from a coaching standpoint, but in the locker room on the field for the offensive and defensive sides of the ball?
0: Man, on the on the offensive side, I, I I truly think, like, I know he's young, but I really think C.J. is truly a leader of this team. You can just tell by the way he talks in the press conferences. Obviously, he takes blame for everything. Like, I know that's, like, less little things, but people don't realize, like, fans don't realize how much that really matters because, Players listen to the pressures. Like, I've had players DM me before about what was said out of presses. And I remember the with Zach Wilson, uh, after the, the New England Pictures game where he didn't take any blame for the offense only having, scoring three points and having two yards in of total offense in the second half. So, CJ is having a lot of self-awareness, loves to take accountability. Uh, cause he kept saying, you know, it was my fault, my fault, my fault in that intersection. I shouldn't have been this. Obviously, I wish I could take it back. Um, I can't put my offense and my defense in that position, those little things that, that truly matter. And I've had players really speak about the fact that he's a natural-born leader. Obviously, Larry Pencil is another leader on that team. That's something he takes true pride in offensively being an offensive leader. Like, he took massive pride in the fact that he was a captain last year. And on the defensive side, i Bernard up there. Um, obviously, Jalen, Jalen Petrie, big-time leader, Jimmy Ward. Right. Uh, so, those are, like, the main five um, that I'll put in that, in that leadership role. So,
1: yeah. DJ Petrie, here, I was going to say John Petrie is the
2: guy. I noticed ESPN yeah. <clears throat> even had a list of, of players to go from, you know, great to star and from b- average to starter and things like that. And they had Jalen Petrie on the list to go from kind of an unheralded very good player. I, I anyone who's around the Texans for any amount of time, anyone who's watched the Texans can see that Jalen Petrie is built way different. And I think it will really unlock here with with D'Amico Ryan's defense. I think we're really. I think he's got a chance to kind of become. I don't want to say a star, but he's going to become well known around the league. There's no question about that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree there. I think I can take it a little step forward further. I think if the pass rush lives up to the talent that is that has been brought in and overall talent that they have, I think he could he could have a potential all pro type season. I think he could be like. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, um, but I think he could have had that type of all-pro type season, right? Because he didn't have the nose to know the football, you know, whether it's the ball carry whether it's through the pass game or a run game. Again, he had over 140 tackles, and he had five interceptions, one of eight players in NFL history could ever do that. But I truly believe that all pros on the table. I think Pro Bowls is like the baseline for him because you kind of saw flashes of the range Obviously, there were times where it wasn't perfect as a rookie, but that, that happened. But we all remember that Dallas Cowboys game where he basically kept the Cowboys out of the end zone on one specific drive where he had a plethora of pass breakups. So, and then, you know, he could have had six minutes. He could have had more interceptions because he dropped a couple. I remember one against Miami got called back for, um, I think, uh, kind of passing experience on Steven Nelson while guarding Tyreek Hill. Like, I mean, I know early in that game, through the ball over the middle to Tyree Hill, and Jalen came in, just lost the ball from that. So, again, and there's been times where we've seen them down on the line of scrimmage in practice, um, where they've been using them in safety blitz situations. So, this guy is going to look kind of crazy. I don't want to go as far as it's going to look during, during day, uh, James-ish, but, but, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, you see, like, 10 PBUs, four interceptions, three sacks, eight TFLs, so... I think you can have a, a real
1: deal breakout season. That's the G- DJ B right here on ESPN ninety seven five and ninety five. He'll join us Friday mornings at nine o'clock right here.